Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. No matter how hard he tried, nothing ever kind of worked out for him, right? Uh, uh, they, they're calling that there, but I think that one of the, one of the terms of endearment for uh, Charlie Brown, Brown is blockhead, right? You know, you're a blockhead, Charlie Brown, especially Lucy, I think, uh, called him that. But uh, uh, we, we get all up in the Christmas and doing all this Christmas stuff, but what is Christmas all about? And, and, and the reason for the season, the reason for the season is Jesus. But maybe you're like, 2,000 years ago, what's this guy have anything to do with what we're doing now? And if you're going to tell me the reason for the season is Jesus, are you going to tell me that I can't get gifts anymore? And don't want that to happen now, do we, right? You know, we, we like, it's better to give than to receive. But it's good to receive too, right? So what is Christmas all about? We're going to take a look at the story that, that Linus recited there. But first, I want to talk about shepherds. Now, in today, in the pageants and the, and the kids' pageants and everything, we kind of, we kind of middle class the shepherds. These nice little shepherds, you know, like anybody that you would go out and, you know, have a, have a burger with or whatever. But that's not what shepherds were back in Jesus' day. They were, they were physically dirty. I mean, they lived with sheep, right? Everything. They took care of sheep. They carried the sheep. They, 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 they healed the sheep. They cleaned up after the sheep. They smelled like sheep. They were, they were social outcasts because they were physically dirty. But they were also moral outcasts because they were morally dirty. First of all, they were morally questionable. But then also they, they worked on, on well, what we would call sa- uh, Sunday, but the Sabbath. They worked on the Sabbath. How dare those sheep demand care on the Sabbath, right? You know, the sheep aren't like, my bad. You know, we, 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 we can't take a, take a nap on the Sabbath, right? Yes, yeah, that's nice, right? They kept needing care on the Sabbath. So the religious leaders were like, we don't want anything to do with you because you have to work on the Sabbath. But then, but then they were ceremonially unclean. They were ceremonially unclean because they, they had to touch the blood of the sheep. They touched the insects. They touched the, 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 the dung of the sheep. They were ceremonially unclean. They couldn't even go into the temple or the synagogue. And so what happens? What happens when, when morally questionable people get pushed out by the religious? What happens? Well, they get highly questionable, right? They get highly questionable when it comes to, comes to morals. And these shepherds were rough, rough dudes. They were, they were seen in the same moral light as tax collectors and dung sweepers. To put it into our day, it would be like the Wolf of Wall Street having a baby with dirty jobs. That's, that's the class of citizen that we're talking about here. 
not real high, right? And so what happens? What happens when somebody that is morally questionable gets pushed out by the religious? Well, they still have hope. They have hope in things, right? Now, whatever you want to put in that blank, because you know what? We've all been here. We've all done this. Put our hope in something. Whether it be sex, relationships, whether that be kind of, you know, more suburbia, white collar. You know, put our hope in comfort and security, having a good job and a good house and good amount of money while we have this secret porn addiction on the side. That's white, that's, 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 uh, that's white collar hope. Maybe it's with self-image. Guys getting ripped in the gym, right? Let's see you now here. That's, that's, yeah, right? No? Okay. Ladies, self-image, comparing yourself. Maybe, maybe it's more desperate housewives-like, you know, backbiting, gossip, lies. Where do we put our hope? Because we will put our hope in something. The hope is the certainty of a better future. There is something in our lives that we are hoping in. And see, that's something, that's something, it brings a buzz. It brings joy. It's temporary, but it brings joy. Look, we wouldn't go after it if it didn't bring some joy, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I do that, but it's so boring. No. Brings a buzz, brings a joy. And inside that buzz, it brings peace. It brings security for a little bit. We feel good for a little bit. We feel like, we feel like nothing else matters for a little bit. And then for a while, we feel like that thing loves us. That it could provide for us. That it loves us unconditionally. It's temporary. But that's why we chase after it, right? We, we believe that it, it'll love us. And then we keep the cycle going because we see life through the eyes of our thing. Whatever, whatever we put our hope in, we see life through the eyes of it. And so therefore what we do, we act on that. We keep in this cycle, we keep in this cycle, we keep in this cycle because the buzz comes down and we got to get more buzz. And we have faith that it will keep giving us what we want. And then at some point in time, hope runs out on that thing and what do we do? We go to another thing, right? And when we as religious people push them aside and do not give them the hope what happens is life caves in on itself and we are left in a heap of mess and we're broken, but we don't know what else to do. So we keep in this cycle of trying to find hope in all this stuff. But what does God do? What does God do when somebody is in this cycle and their pillars are imploding down on them? What does God do? Let's take a look. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. 
See, when he showed up to the shepherds in the same region, this is the same region. This is Bethlehem. This is one through seven is the, is the story of Jesus being born. This is in Bethlehem. Shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Let's not skip over they were terrified. These guys, these guys would kill lions and tigers and bears with their bare hands. Oh my, right? So when these angels showed up, they're crapping themselves. That, literally, terrified, that's in the Greek. That's what it means. Crapping themselves. Not really, not really. That's my own version. These were tough dudes. And when the angels showed up, they were scared out of their minds. These are not your cubit little angels. And these angels showed up. What does God do with these people that are far from him? He shows up. And you're like, well, no, 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 he sent angels. He sent angels. It wasn't God that showed up. Look, anytime through the Bible you see angels showing up, you see that it's really God showing up through them. Also, we see that in this story. What does it say? The glory of the Lord shone around them. Glory is making the invisible visible. The, the, the glory that's all around us that we cannot see with our eyes, the glory of God that is all around us, God allowed that to be visible to them for a moment. God showed up to these shepherds. This was scandalous. Absolutely scandalous. He skipped over the synagogues. He skipped over the temple to show up to this, wolf, this mixed breed of wolf of Wall Street and dirty jobs. To put it in today's terms, it'd be like God going up to, to the angel and going, hey, Jesus was just born, like today, today. Jesus was just born. I want you to go, you see that frat party down there? I want you to go tell them about this. What do you mean frat party? What about that church? No. What about that Bible study? No. What about that pastor's group? Definitely not. That frat party. You mean where those guys are high? And drunk? And sexed up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to go there and tell them. And I want everybody to hear this. God shows up among those far from Him. If you are far from Him right now, I want you to know God shows up to those who are far from Him. And those of you that are a part of the church and you, you know that you know Jesus, I want you to know that God shows up among those that are far from Him. Why? Because it's high time that the religious stop pointing at people, making fun of people, judging people for their house falling down. Why? Because we would be right there if we didn't have faith in Jesus. And instead, we should take on the skin of Jesus and show up to people where their houses are falling down and rescue them. See, did not only did God show up to the shepherds, but he showed up to all humanity on that day. Think about this. Think about this. Nine months before, Jesus was sitting at the right hand of the Father, and the Father leaned over, tapped him on the shoulder, and said, it's time. And Jesus, who is sitting at the right hand of the Father, on his throne, became a zygote in an instant. Spent nine months playing underwater jump rope in Mary's belly. 
and the birth canal that he formed, he came out of. Now, if you want to think about that for a moment, that'll blow your mind. If you don't, I understand. But Jesus showed up to all humanity to tell us that he is here to rescue us. See what happens. The reason why we hope in everything else is because we're broken. And if you're broken this morning, the thing that Jesus wants you to know is he is here to rescue you from your brokenness. He does not care where you've been or what you've been doing. Why do I know that? Because he showed up to a bunch of shepherds who were doing what bored, tired men do at night. Whatever you want to put in that blank. That's who he showed up to. He wants you to know that. And he wants to rescue you. He wants to rebuild you. How do I know further that? The message that he gave to the angels to give to the shepherds. Here's the message. This is the good news. God showed up and he gave them good news. Not you are bad, but I am near. Angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. Not for the religious people. Not for the people that go to synagogue. Not for the people that go to church. All the people. Not for just good up, up, upscale white middle class wasps, but for the Muslim as well. For all people. Today a Savior who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a great multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the heaven highest, and peace on earth to people he favors. He showed up. God showed up and gave good news. Not, hey, shepherds, you're bad. Get right. But I am near. And I am here to give you hope. How do I know that? Savior. Savior. I am here to rescue you. When your walls are tumbling down, I am here to rescue you. I am here to clean you of your past so that I can give you righteousness in your present so that you can have a secure future. Some of you need to write this down. I am here to give you, to cleanse you from your past, to give you righteousness in your present, to give you a secure future. That's hope. That's confidence that your future will be better than your past or your present, no matter what your past or present can look like, because he will cleanse you, he will give you righteousness, and he will give you a secure future. Savior. The good news of great joy. Why? Because we don't have to worry about our circumstances. I heard a guy yesterday, a guy that uh, uh, researches happiness. Spent his life researching happiness. I want that job, right? Researching happiness. Gone all over the world researching happiness. You know what his definition of joy is? It's pretty close to ours. It's inner excitement about life but a life with purpose. When our past is cleansed, when he gives us righteousness, when we have a secure future, we have a purpose in life. And that's when we have joy. When we are going after a purpose, we'll go through anything, won't we? We'll go through anything. And we'll go through it with joy. Why? Because we have a purpose. We have an inner excitement about life because our life has a purpose. And that's what Jesus wants to give us. 
then we get peace. We have, we have calm in the middle of the storm. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. Look, look, look. He said, the baby will be lying in a manger. Look, it wasn't silent night. Sing the song, sing it at the top of your lungs. Good or bad or Mariah Carey style or not. Sing it. But it wasn't a silent night. He was in a manger. Why? Because he was born with animals. The animals didn't go quiet just because Jesus was there. Probably it was worse. Jesus was crying. The sheep were bad. And the horses were neighing. Got a whip, whip in there somewhere. You know, there, you've, got, you've, got, you've got all kinds of stuff going on. But when you hold the baby, what happens? Everything might be going on, but there's peace. There's calm in the middle of the storm. And that's what Jesus wants to give you, peace calm in the middle of the storm he doesn't want to calm the storm he wants to give you peace in the middle of it and then love if no 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 not if when you question god's love questioning god's love right now that's fine every one of us have but when you do all you have all you need to know is the manger and that cross to know that god loves you he had some pretty sweet digs in heaven. And I would say being a zygote was a little bit cramped for Jesus. Out on a limb, way out on a limb, but just guessing it was a little bit cramped. When we question God's love, no, manger, cross. He loves you unconditionally and won't go away. doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you do. He loves you. Faith. Angel said we have a Lord. Lord in the line of David. Faith. There's nobody more qualified to give us life or to tell us how to live our life than Jesus. And if we see life like that and we act on that because our hope, there is no other hope, there's no other certainty of our future, if we act on that, Jesus, we will rebuild our pillars so that we have a strong life. The shepherds, the shepherds decided to commit to that. They decided to commit to that. As Linus said, what, what's the meaning of Christmas? It's not just Jesus. The meaning of Christmas is that this can be our life and that Jesus gives us that. And the shepherds committed to, to, to this. I've got a whole other sermon that I'm not going to preach right now. I might get to it this week about the shepherds worshiping Jesus and what that looked like. But the shepherds committed to hearing and following the word of the Lord and finding Jesus. And what does it say, say about the shepherds? And peace on earth to people he favors. See, some people Christianize that phrase. They take the scandal of God showing up to these shepherds. They take that scandal. And what do they do? They gloss over and go, see, 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 the shepherds really, they were really religious people. See that? God favors them. No, God favors anybody that has faith, no matter what their past is. Let's not Christianize this story. Let's tell it for what it is. People, religious people, who missed Jesus, by the way, we'll get more into that next week, who missed Jesus, not wanting 
Jesus to clean up dirty people. But this story is about Jesus saying to dirty people whom we all are one of, I will clean you. I will rescue you. And I am pleased with everybody who has faith. Everybody. Have you committed to Jesus? Well, I've been in church all my life. Who cares? Have you committed to hearing and following Jesus? Church can be a beautiful facade. It can be our hope. It can be our hope. Have you committed to hearing and following Jesus? The action today is commit to that. There are going to be people around that if, you, um, if you've never committed to Jesus, there are going to be people around here to, to help you with that. And we would, like, I, if you knew my, if I, if I knew your past, you know what I would do? I would help you find Jesus so that he can rescue you. Because you don't know my past. For those of us that that commitment, that's already solid. You know what I want you to do? Commit today to following Jesus. Because it's a daily commitment. And I'm going to pray this week, and I, and I encourage you to pray alongside me. God, Jesus, what does it look like for me to commit to you? Because, because while my commitment stays true, that looks different from day to day to day. What do you want me to do now because I'm committed to you? And as we go into 2016, what would it look like for a church of people to say, hell or high water, which is appropriate today, come hell or high water, I'm committed to you. No matter what, I will hear and follow you. Why? Because my hope is built on nothing less. My hope is built on nothing less. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the fact that you died. You came and you died. And there's nothing, there's nothing that this life um, can give that can outlove that. And I just pray, Lord, that you just make that evident to us. Rebuild our lives. Keep rebuilding our lives so that, so that we can make this evident to everybody else around us. That we understand that you are the certainty of our better future. Lord, we just thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.